You're listening to the Traffic and Funnel Show. I think the first thing that I think about, especially in talking about history, um, going back to the early days of TF and even before TF, you know, when my first actual launch into working for myself was was pre-TF. I was I was doing freelance copywriting. I worked at a real estate agency and I didn't like it. And I decided that I was going to go out and I was going to learn to be a marketing expert. No qualifications, no experience, no formal training, no training at all. Actually, I didn't have any training. Um, the only training I had had was actually doing this for my wife. And maybe Matt, this is too early, but I'm just setting the stage so you can know where the, where the mindset was born. And I discovered really early that this is, this is difficult because there's, there's nuances and there's two sides to the process. The first side is knowing what to do. Okay. Like that's why most people come here is they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do to create the income. They don't know what to do to get the clients. They don't know what to do to et cetera, fill in the blank. But I discovered like in that first three months that it wasn't just what to do. It was also discovering who to be that's different and it's more important and it's even harder because you can know what to do, but then you can be doing it for the wrong reason. You can know what to do, but then not have the right identity. You know, you can know the right thing to do, but have imposter syndrome, Mm. right? I mean, you can know the right thing to do, but what if my mom sees this post and what if my friend sees this post? What, what if, what if the people that I, that I thought respected me no longer respect me? If you really think about it, the easiest thing in the world for you to figure out is what to do. Okay. Like that's the easiest thing in the world. The difficult part is really cultivating the identity, the environment that can create the identity because you create your environment and your environment creates you. That's how it really works. Everybody wants to just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to be a different person. I'm going to have the right thinking. I'm going to have the right confidence, but you know, you don't actually get to do that. You, you have to cultivate an environment and that environment over time cultivates your identity. And then that identity really puts into frame the things that you should do and should not do. And I don't know if this is over everyone's head. I don't see many comments, but I'm just making sure that this is what you wanted, right, Matt? You wanted me to go in the deep end of the pool. hundred percent because, because here's the thing. I think, I think a lot of people, when they look up to you and Chris and other thought leaders, they think it's like, okay, like I'm Taylor. I just entered this planet X amount of years ago. I'm a newborn baby. And like, I already have the mindset. I already have all the empowering beliefs. And it's like, it's not true. Yeah, it's definitely not true. Um, I would say when you think of a Taylor Welch, you should think of this phrase, rapid iteration. That's all that, Mm. that's my secret. That's my secret. It's Chris's secret. It's rapid iteration. So, you know, you could even go to Alex Navas, who was here almost to the beginning, not quite at the beginning. And you can ask him the difference between Taylor when he first started with TF and then the difference to now. It's like it's in a year and a half. It's just not the same. It's not the same person. And I think that that's part of that's That's another skill set in and of itself is are you willing to let go of the beliefs that once defined you, but they're not empowering to you anymore. Are you willing to let those go? Now, are you willing to be challenged on this idea that 
you know, everything you've ever learned about money is false. Are you willing to let that go? Are you willing to let go of the wrong people? Now imagine the alcoholic who Matt, Matt's an alcoholic, right? And he decides one day that he's going to not be an alcoholic anymore. Maybe this is true. Maybe it's false. It's for you to find out. But you know, Matt Green, alcoholic, decides that he's not going to be an alcoholic anymore. But every day, in support of that newfound decision to not be an alcoholic, every day he goes to the same bar and he sits there and tries to use discipline to resist. Is that smart? Is that empowering? Is that the right thing to do? So many would say, no, you crazy? You kidding me? Like if you're gonna if you're gonna throw out a bad addiction, you need to avoid even the appearance of the addiction, avoid the environment altogether. But how many of us are like, you know what? Shit, man, it's time. I'm gonna become a new person. I'm gonna become a thinker. I'm gonna become a leader, a business owner, an entrepreneur. Oh, but I wanna carry the same friends that I've always had with me into that new oh, I'm gonna carry the same family. I'm going to listen to my family the same way. And it's the equivalent of you've made a decision to stop one way of living, but you will not remove the environment of that way of living. You don't stand a chance. It's not going to happen because eventually you're going to have to pick between the people that you've, and I'm not saying you have to cut everyone out right away, but I am saying that there is, there are sacrifices involved of distance, the sacrifice of distance from the people who have really created the old version into, into where you want to go to. Does that make sense? hundred percent. hundred percent. And I think, uh, the, I think it was the book willpower doesn't work where the author talked about back in like the, the Vietnam war, uh, when it comes to the U S U S soldiers, there was a heavy, uh, opiate addiction overseas when they were fighting and literally all it took was for them to come back into us soil completely different environment completely different surroundings and individuals the the i think it was almost 40% of all of those addicts that when they were over fighting overseas when they came back into us grounds 40% no workshops like no meetings they just completely different environment 40% of them went back to normal without any you know relapses it's fascinating yeah very fascinating. So anyways, back to the, back to the way back in the day, way back when, you know, I got my first couple of clients and they paid me peanuts. I mean, I think I made 400 bucks on that first client and maybe 800 bucks on the second. And again, we talk about this idea of rapid iteration. Like many people would have just stayed there. They would have stayed in that zone. Cause I mean, I, I quit my job when I was when I had replaced my income, which was about $4,000 a month. And to get to $4,000 a month took me about six months. And uh, I've got journal entries of me like posting back then about like, can I get another 2000? Can I get another 3000? And you just be like, this is not this. It's, let's just put it this way. It's not the Taylor Walsh that people know today. And that's like six, seven years ago. So really, really quick. And so many people would have stayed there, but well, what ended up happening with me is, uh, you know, that, that identity that I had, which was comfortable with a couple of thousand dollars a month, I just got tired of it. And I think some of my, me and Chris, both of us, like some of our speed has just kind of been from us being willing to try things out and being willing to uh, adapt to what's happening in the market. And so 
you know, I got a, I, I hired a mentor at the very beginning. It didn't work. I hired a, a second mentor. It didn't work. And then I hired a third mentor. And some people are like, you're crazy. That's like, why would you do that? It, and for me, it wasn't, it was more crazy to not get a return. This is why sometimes I, I have a difficult time sympathizing with people who are on calls with our sales guys. Like oh, I invested in another mentor and it didn't work. So I'm not going to do CK. And I'm like, you know what? Like there's just a certain group of people in the world that are so ignorant they can't, mm. they don't have critical thinking. And I, I used to get mad at these people and now I don't because I realize like you can't get mad at a child for being a child. I have a, I have a beautiful baby girl and dude, she loves to smash her fingers and things. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? But I don't get mad at her for that. She's just a baby. She's mm. a year old in a couple of weeks and she doesn't understand. And she's slowly but surely she'll start figuring out that if you do, if you do X, Y is going to happen. So don't do X. But so many people, they never develop that critical thinking. And they think that because you're in a car accident and, you know, it hurt to never drive again. So you walk everywhere you go. It doesn't make sense. And it's, it's learning the wrong lesson. And for me, I was very, I was, I was on purpose. I was intentional about not learning the wrong lesson. I didn't want to learn that mentorship didn't work. That's the wrong lesson. I just selected the wrong mentor. Rather than looking at it as a waste, I looked at it as tuition. It's the tuition that you pay. You know, I paid, you know, $50,000 to go to school and learn nothing. Well, I, I may have had a tuition of $6,000 in, in what would appear to be a wasted mentorship engagement. But I knew the mentorship worked, so I kept going. So that third one, I struck goals, and he trained me about identity. And then from there, we, we, I started to really grow. Then I met Chris, and we started TF. And I think, honestly, the reason that we ended up going with Jay, that was terrifying, by the way. Like, that wasn't an easy decision. We didn't just like, you know, yeah, it was $120,000 for six months. It was, it was not a, well, we have so much money. Let's just do it. You got to think about this, man. When we hired Jay, um, we were doing like a quarter of a million a month. In it's not like now. It's like, you know, if you, if you take TF and WealthGap in sales mentor and everything, it's like a hundred grand a day that comes in. Like we could do 120 grand with a day, a day and a half of income. It's not a big deal. But back then it was like, this is half, you know, this is half of our revenue. And we don't, we don't even get to keep 250. When we're talking 250, we're keeping like 75. So it was like three or four months. And that's where a lot of people are at when they come to CK. I mean, facing the reality is like, man, this is, this investment is like two or three months of income or six months or, or a month and a half of income, or it's like, it's a big deal. And what I have to really focus on is the idea that, you know, it was, it, I viewed it as more costly to be stuck where we were and not be able to figure it out and, and take the, the normal path, which was the scenic route. I didn't want the scenic route. I just didn't want it. Neither did Chris. We wanted it quicker. We, we knew that if we could learn from Jay's mistakes, we didn't have to make the mistakes to learn the lesson. So it was worth 120 grand and then some to be able to take his lessons from 40 years and fix them before we had to experience them. Does that make sense? 100%. 100%. So for you, I'm curious, like what earlier on was your experience working with Jay and I'm not talking about like, you know, the, the nitty gritty of like what you people, what you guys were actually talking about inside, but when you leveled up with your, your new mentor, Jay, did you uncover like, wow, we thought, we thought we were good with this way of thinking, but 
it's only because this way of thinking got us to like this amount of revenue where now we have to kill off this way of thinking because in order to get to, you know, six figures in a month, a million in a month, we have to up level our thinking. Did you experience any of that? Yeah. So a couple of things happened like right away, like as soon as we got in. Um, the first is our own perceived qualifications changed. It's one thing to talk about running a marathon. It's one thing to read a book about running a marathon. It's quite another to actually run a marathon and have the authority of someone who has done it. True? Mm, 100%. So like there, there's a difference here between like confidence and authority. In fact, I got, I have, dude, like, I don't know if you, on Instagram, I started posting more and I've got like, I'm oh, close God. to a hundred messages, a hundred <laughs> messages a day on Instagram right now. But you know what people are saying over and over? It's like, you speak, I love how you're communicating with such authority. And it's not every day that someone's saying that, but it, it stuck out to me because the word authority is different. The word authority is another level. It's, it's not just having a background or an education or a confidence. It's having, nope, this is actually coming out of me. It's an energy. Authority is a command over the subject. And so a couple of things happened right away when we got in with Jay. We had just invested 120 grand. So all of a sudden, being on a call with someone asking them to pay 40 grand wasn't a big deal because our level of authority had gone up and the things you do govern over to a large extent, the things that you do govern over the identity you maintain to the world. You can't say that you're a, you're a philanthropist. If you give no money to nonprofits or to charitable organizations, you're a liar. How many times in your life are we guilty of really what we're doing is we call it marketing, but we're lying. Because we're out there preaching one thing, but we don't have the authority that comes from actually having done it. And so for us with Jay, you know, when we got in, we were like, you know, we're, we're all of a sudden, this kind of qualifies us to an extent to raise the prices. And people feel that in CK all the time or elite, elite a lot, man, Matt, you see this. People are like, man, I joined the elite today and I just sold this person. And it's like, you know, there's not a coincidence there. You know, you just up leveled your authority and people felt that on the call. But then also, I think when we got in with Jay, we realized that um, there were a lot of things that we were tolerating in our schedules, in our clientele, mm. that weren't good. And honestly, the, one of the first things we did, we hired Jay, and then four months later, we canceled up Rechelon. Mm -hmm. We just were like, we don't, we're not going to tolerate this behavior anymore from these clients that we had enrolled and we had created. But we realized from mentorship with Jay, it's like, Jay was like, look, this is, you, you know, you can do whatever you want. You don't have any obligation. So Matt, I don't even know if you were here at that point, but we didn't like the way that upper echelon was set up. We didn't like the way the clientele were inside of that group. So we ended up refunding people, canceling the program. It's a $2 million a year program or a $2 million a year revenue source. And we canceled that and it gave us a new level of authority because the things you do govern over the things you believe about yourself. And so when you let go of a $2 million revenue stream, what does that tell the world? You know, it says a lot of things. Like it says, you don't, you're not, a, you don't worship money first and foremost. Like, right. you know, we're not going to do something just for money. So many things came out of that season. 
simply because we, we hooked up with the guidance of somebody who had been there, they had done it and man, they, they really were able to give us a set. Jay was able to give us a set of beliefs. I call it borrowing confidence. We were able to borrow some beliefs, borrow some confidence from Jay that really chilled us out. And mm. this may be too, I don't know how much detail you're wanting, but a lot of things happened right in the moment, probably the first two months of bringing him on board. I mean, if you're willing to get deep and vulnerable, I think they'd like it. So we got sued. Ah, yes. I remember this story. <laughs> um, we had a client uh, go after a lot of our clients around this time and take them. Um, somebody on our staff stole from us. I mean, boom, 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 boom. When you guys see my trainings and Chris's trainings and we're like, hey, when you decide to level up, when you decide you're going to do more and you're going to be more and earn more, the, the world will come against you. Uh, you need to know that that's not coming from a book I read one time. That's coming from my actual life. That actually has happened. You know, it's happened to us. We've, we've seen that firsthand. Mm. And I remember one particular call that we had with Jay around the season and he was just like, are you guys just going to cry the whole call? Or like, do you guys want to get something done? And I was like, that's rude. I feel like that's rude, but it was right. It was correct. And I, and we were, we had, we had fallen into the trap that we ourselves preached against mm. and that we were only really focusing on what we didn't like. And some of you here, like, man, you, you feel like you don't have the life that you want. Well, go ahead and try to stop explaining how nothing is working out for you. Just shut up for a second, get in the boat, pick up the oars and try for the first time in your life to row for more than five minutes. How about that? Like, that's what you should do because the truth is that there are people in your worlds that have gone through so much more than you. It makes your life look like a cakewalk. And most of the time we get, we get this, we get into a place of bondage, not because our lives are really that hard, but because the only things we're looking at in our lives are those things which are hard. Mm. back up say it again sometimes in life we get into such a place of bondage not because our lives are so hard but because the only things we're willing to look at are the things in our life which are hard you woke up you had breakfast i'm assuming that you didn't have to dig around in your backyard for muddy water to drink maybe i don't know just i'm hopeful that you had access to water you probably got up out of your bed on legs that are yours. You know, like I said, I learned so much during the season because yes, the pressure was getting more and more and life was getting harder and harder. And there was all these things coming against me, but it was one of, it was one of the few moments in my life where I was forced to look in the mirror and say, okay, life sucks, but am I going to retreat or am I going to maneuver through this to get to the life that I want? This happened when I was 17, right before I turned 18. This happened in 2012, 2013. And this happened again in 2018, moving into the first half of the year. So three, three key moments where my life was so hard from my perspective. It was so hard that I had to make a decision. I literally was like, do I stop or do I keep going or do I go backwards? And when you hit those moments, that defines who you're going to be for the rest of your life. So good. Well, and Jim Rome talks about like, it's, it's not, it's not what 
happens to you. It's, it's who you are when it happens and how you choose to respond to it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's too many people on the planet that it's, you know, uh, there's too many, there's too many people doing what I do already. Uh, my avatar is sophisticated. It's like, no, 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 not true. Not true. Like, let's look internally first. You are so perpetually focused because it's just your current default programming. I love you as a person. I'm just noticing some patterns. You came to client kit. Here's where we grow. I'm noticing some patterns where you get coaching and a coach highlights some things, sheds light on some, some patterns that you have. And you go, yeah, but yeah, but it's your default programming. Your reticular activating system is so honed in on focusing on the problems, the obstacles, that if you were to just pivot to the left and look a little bit, turn your head, you'd notice all this opportunity in front of you. But you are so addicted, you are, you are gravitationally being pulled from all these problems because that's what all your focus is on. And not only is that going to affect your, your actions, but that's going to affect your energy which is everything thousand percent thanks for listening for more from chris and taylor visit trafficandfunnels.com and get a free gift just for being a subscriber that's trafficandfunnels.com